Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. Pete, happy Easter and all that good stuff. Yeah. How was your week? Well, the week after. Um, the week was great. How about yours? It was. Besides uh, dealing with a little bit of cold, but yeah, it was good. A little good. bit. Yeah. I think my voice came back a little bit, but not 100%. Mine is here. I thought I wasn't going to be here, but I, I think I'm okay. I want to keep that radio voice. Can that I do was that? really Can I good. Keep that radio voice. Yeah. Welcome to the... No, I don't yeah. know. It was sexy. It. <laughs> it was, that's what it was. It was like, wow. Oh, that's funny. So what's new? That's so funny. How did Easter go? Um, Easter was amazing. Um, great turnout. Lots of people raised their hand to be... Uh, to, that uh, acknowledging that they were yeah, yeah thank yeah. you <laughs> my tongue isn't working today. last week it was my voice this week it's my tongue um no so that was awesome had a good celebration on saturday had a bunch of uh, kind of reached out to the community and loved on them that was fun and i think honestly i think that's why we had a lot of people uh show up that we don't normally yeah. have so it was really cool we met people and invited them and they and they showed up pete yeah we said, come and see, and God they did. So good. It was yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then on the home front, we got the pool filled up, and, and oh, so Sammy exciting. has been swimming every day. She's like a, a fish. In fact, we ordered her a mermaid swimsuit that's supposed to come today. That's she be is fun. so excited. And now I'm, I'm hearing my voice in Greek. That's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have a Greek translation going on in the background. Uh, hey, so what did you do on Easter uh, uh, brunch or whatever? Did you eat ham? What did you do? Uh, yeah, I, I made a ham, green bean casserole, and mashed potatoes. Isn't that what you're supposed to make? Yeah, it's like the traditional. I, know, still, have, I still have ham. I you made, know what we did? No, what did you do? We did, uh, we did a smoothie. What? <laughs> oh, the Easter smoothie. Yeah, I've heard of that. No, I really haven't. So what, what, like lamb? Like a no, lamb flavored smoothie? No, we smoothie? just did what a smoothie. We didn't do anything. We like, we don't want to cook. We don't do anything. So we just did a smoothie. So both of our girls were out. And so they were gone. We didn't have anybody. So Christine and I are looking at each other going, okay, what are we going to do? No, 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 no. I have to butt in here. Okay. There she is. Oh, there we go. It's not because we didn't want to cook. It's oh. because we're sick and no. we needed the extra nutrition. It's not. We're not that bad. We just, uh. we just didn't want to. Man, it's too bad somebody didn't offer to bring you over dinner. You did. <laughs> but we were okay. Oh, it worked out great. Man. But um, what else is fun? Um, what about the mask? The, the, anybody in the world right now? The, for, the mask. If, oh, yeah. If Big news last if, night. If you're, did you hear? If you're traveling to the United States or in the United States, they said that they you don't know how long I have a mask. They were announcing it on airplanes last yeah. night. Did you see some of those videos? Yeah. Most people seem to be pretty ecstatic that the, they don't have to wear masks. They were going crazy on the plane. But I know there's another side that are like really upset that they have to not wear a mask. What? Well, they can still wear a mask. I think yeah. that's the news flash. Yeah, you I think can that's still the best part wear about a it. Mask. I think that's the way it should have been from the beginning. It's I think, not a no mask mandate. I think that if people really believe that the mask works, wear it. which which yeah, I think we should be honor that and, and be let people nice read to it. them. Don't yeah. pick on them because they're and if they a don't mask. wear a mask, then that's their choice. If they want to be sick, they want to get Wait, whatever personal choice and liberty. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. I just I, we believe that's how the Lord would deal with it, so that's why we say that. Um, we're not, we don't want to get into this on an airplane. We're not going to get, yeah, I think he would. I think he would be, if there was something where it would make peace and, and people around him would have peace, I think he might do it. But I mean, it just depends. Or maybe be that one life lesson where you say, no, I'm taking it off and I'm going to teach you guys all something about whatever. I just, Paul wouldn't wear a mask. I can tell you that. We don't know. Yes, I do know. He would say to live is Christ, to die is gain. Maybe. I've read that somewhere. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> hey, listen, this is great. Audience, you tell us. Would Jesus wear a mask or would he not? Would Paul wear a mask or would he not? We would love to hear your arguments in the go on to Facebook, go on to our social media, and let us know. We're not going to get into the debate because there's been people that are going to be like, oh my gosh, you have to wear a mask and all this. And there's other people who are like, dude, I'm never going to fly again. Or I, you know, because of the mask, we don't. Nicodemus I, I could would care less. Mask. He would have wore a mask. I would, I would not wear a mask if I don't have to, and I will wear a mask if I needed to, and if it makes somebody feel better, I will wear a mask. Yeah. That's just, that's how I live. So I don't, I, I can care less one way or the other. So I don't fear death. I don't fear the sickness. I don't fear any of that. I just like whatever. But 
fear no evil. But we would love to hear what people think about it. I That's, would. It's yeah, one it's of those fun. topics. It's fun. I, I, I have to admit, I was when the press release came out last night, I was reading, um, I think it was NPR's, they did a press release, and I was reading the comments in there. And, uh, yeah, we are a divided nation, Pete. I don't know if you've noticed this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just one extreme or the other. It's just yeah. awful. And both sides calling each other names, which is not helpful at all. Not helpful at and all. lately I find myself going into the crowds that are filled with hate and I find myself talking with them. I find myself engaging with them and uh, I just feel like God loves them so much and he loves all of us. And I just feel like I'm just doing whatever I can to speak life into people, to elevate people. And, um, you know, it's just, that's, I don't know. That's just kind of where it is. I think just, I think we're at a time. I, I really believe that revival is possible. I really believe that we're at a point in our history where great revival can happen again. I think people are getting desperate. I think people are looking and said, there's something wrong with society right now. There's something not right. And and so they're like, okay, what's the answer? Well, we could still continue to try to fix it like we've always been. Or we can just say, you know what? We can't fix it. We need help. And then here comes Jesus, you know, the savior of the world. And he can come and help, and wow. we just have to surrender. That's almost a good segue into our show today. It is. It's like, what a concept. But before we jump there, should pray? somebody's got a birthday this week. Who's that? You! Is Happy it, birthday, is that Pete! Oh my gosh. So this will come out on Thursday, yeah. and Friday is yeah. Pete's birthday. Yeah. I think he's 36. Yeah, you can send me no. gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> gift cards. Uh, anything in particular? You want, What do you want? Like... Krispy Kreme, uh, no, Amazon, what do, you, what do you want? I'm just playing. That's hilarious, though. Thank you. So, happy birthday, Pete. Yeah, you're welcome. And then the April birthdays are over. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yours. And We're then done. Yeah, We're did we sing you happy birthday on yours? Um, I think you probably did. Or, I think you embarrassed was, me. Barry yeah. was on it, right, or no? I think so. Oh. I don't know. I, I don't can't know. remember. Anyway. I have too many birthdays already. We don't need to celebrate. Yeah, we're done with it. <laughs> we're done with birthdays. <laughs> All right, so let's right. get into that. Yeah, let's pray and then we'll jump into the show. Right. Father, we uh, we love that you have a sense of humor and that we can have a sense of humor as well. Uh, Father, we we just want to bring truth. And, uh, you know, we joke around about some things, Father, but uh, honestly, we just, we're just grateful to have this opportunity to talk about you and to share uh, just kind of what's on our heart and as we're just Going through your word, going through this book of John, it's just what an honor it is to be able to share uh, this text and our thoughts and the truth that's in it with our listeners. So I pray that uh, you would reach out through this podcast today, that you would use us in a mighty way, and uh, man, just minister and speak to our listeners today, Father, and to us. Mm. Would you teach us something today as well? Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so today's title is, Do You Want to Be Healed? And, uh, what a question, Pete. Yeah, I really believe that this can be a very powerful uh, show, and just the way it's laid out, and I just can't wait to see how God you know, touches our lives, but also touches our listeners' lives as we go through it. Well, let's jump in. All right. So today we're going to read John 5. We start out with the first verse saying, After, after this. <laughs> this. Yeah, there's many after this statements in the Bible. And so whenever we see after this, we need to respond accordingly. So go on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Then we read the previous chapter to give ourselves context to what we will be reading next. Just always always ask what, what about what? what? After what? What are you talking about? When it says after this, we need to find out. After what? Uh, All right, after sorry. what? All right. No, it's okay. Yeah. So if we back up to chapter four, we will see um, this was Jesus' second miracle in Cana. The first one was when he turned water into wine. You remember that, Pete? Yeah, that was an awesome. And show. then the second one, because <laughs> you were there at that wedding. Yeah. And the second one was the healing of the nobleman's son. Yeah. Both miracles were somewhat private in nature. But this miracle mm. that he's about to, Jesus is about to perform in John chapter 5 is not a private event, but nope. a very, very public one. Yep. And more importantly, or maybe equally as important, it was done on the Sabbath day that incites those religious leaders. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here we go. He, he definitely Rebel poked, rousers. poked See, the horn I nest. told you he wouldn't have worn a mask. Yeah. We also noticed that he left Cana and is now in the city of Jerusalem for what we would assume is to celebrate a festival. This chapter starts the beginning of the persecutions that Jesus will face for the rest of his ministry. Yeah, so like up to this point, we had Jesus was doing everything in a private. He was, 
not really like you know putting himself out there you know so but now he's like all right guys woman my time has not yet come I, i'm <laughs> on this i'm on it let's go you know and he's bringing it on so all right so let's read you know john 1 1 or 5 1 through 15 so if you have your bible go ahead and follow along with us we're going to be in the esv version um you know the story of jesus is healing the crippled man at the pool of bethesda um, but did you know that at St. Anne's Church in Jerusalem, uh, they have a deep excavation there that has the pool of Bethesda? So it's about, so it's, so if you look at the, the temple wall, and so if anybody has been there, they understand the temple wall, it's going to be down below. So it's going to be southwest is where the pool of Bethesda is. So it's down below west of that and that's where this saint anne's place is and i've seen the pictures of it i haven't actually been there i don't have you been to B- I don't, you know what when i was reading this i'm like i don't yeah. remember going there when i was yeah. when i was in jerusalem so but it, you go way down into it and there it shows you know they started excavating it and it's it's there um a lot of our listeners i'm sure have heard it but the hebrew name for bethesda has been spelt in various ways and been given different meanings. And so this is something that's different. Um, some say it means the house of mercy. Some say it's a house of grace. But others say it means, you know, the place of the two outpourings. Um, with that said, archaeological... Archaeology, Easy say for you to... Archaeologists? Yeah, now you got me tied. Yeah, say... Believe, Think Raiders of the Lost Ark. There yeah, archaeolo- I can't even say it. Believe <laughs> enough evidence to suggest that this place is real and it served the, uh, the community in the ancient times. So this is like, I, I believe that this is a really big place. And so this is something that the the Israelites went to all the time. And they believed that there was definitely healing power at this place. And so there was two pools and, and so on. So that kind of sets us up. That's what we're going to be reading right now. So let's read it and and we'll we'll just dive into it. Thank you for that word picture. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It, I think it helps. Yeah. And if you haven't been to, Jer- uh, to Jerusalem or Israel, man, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It yeah. makes the Bible just come come alive in ways that... Mission nothing, travel faith tours will get you there. You so if you're looking for that, just look that. us up. Yeah. It, it's eye-opening. It's yeah. one of my favorite trips of all time. All right, here we are, John 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. Hey, Pete, you notice here in the ESV version, it goes from verse 3 to verse 5. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit. One man, verse 5, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? What a question. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and when I am going another and when I am going another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. How do you think he said that? So like get up take up your bed or was like no i think he said ah, get, get up. up do you think it was it had to be something compassion right no i don't think so you think I it think, was more of a like i think he's like no it's time it's get, get up. up take up your bed and walk yeah okay so you asked me what i thought that's good he could have been oh please get up no and, no, I mean, no I'm with he you. didn't do that I, you think it was more of a stern way i do get up all i right. do all right And at once this man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now, that day was the Sabbath. (laughs) That's important. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, the Jews. Uh, so funny. The religious The guys. religious guy. This yeah. Thank religious leaders. Yeah. It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. They asked him, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now, the man... Now, the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Mm. That's good. It is good. There you go. There's one through fifteen. <laughs> All right. I was thinking we were going to read more. I, I can I can read the rest of you know. No, John no, no. If you this want, is good. But we'll be here for so, a couple hours. Yeah. No. So the pool the pool is situated <laughs> near, like I said, down by the the, the temple wall. 
Um, and it's close to the sheep gate that we read in Nehemiah 3.1. So perhaps John saw that the spiritual significance to the location, for he had already told his readers that Jesus was the Lamb of God. Remember, we read that in John 1.29. So, um, you know, the Lamb of God is, is you know, the significance. I was just talking with, um, on our show, the Muslim show, the difference between Islam and Christianity. We had a, quite a few Muslims that commented on that show and really broke down what the Quran uh, teaches about, you know, the differences and so forth. And and one of the explanations I, I shared with, because she said, this lady uh, responded to me and she says, well, Allah is not dead. And I agreed. I said, no, Allah, God, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And, that, and then I kind of walked her through this whole thing that... You know, I walked her from the very beginning about the sin, about the sacrifice, about, you know, um, you know, what, you know, why Jesus had to come, why he needed to die, why he was the perfect sacrifice and how he was the lamb of God, that he was the, that he was the forgiveness the, the, of our sins that by believing in him that we do that. And so, you know, here again is, is Jesus, you know, uh, coming to this guy and he's basically saying, Hey, listen, I am the lamb of God. I'm the one is going to heal you. I am the one that's going to forgive you of your sins because that's what he talked about. He says, go and sin no more. And and only the Lamb of God, only the perfect sacrifice can do that. And so I believe that maybe that's something that John is referencing here or seeing that. I don't know. We're just maybe reading into it, but that's that's something. Um, go on to read the next statement and kind of go into that. Yeah, about verse three and four. Yeah, we believe the main reason Jesus went to the pool. Oh, you yeah, see that yeah, one? Yeah was to use his miracles as a basis for a message to the people. I I, I believe that, yeah. that Jesus definitely had a plan. Oh, yeah. This wasn't just random. Right. He had a plan all along, and the miracle illustrated what he will say later in verse 24, that if they hear his words and believe in him, they will have everlasting life. So, yeah, I completely agree that this was, in, this was intentional, and it was intentionally on the Sabbath as well. Yeah, he is purposeful in his interaction with us when we should be purposeful in our obedience to him and being purposeful in listening and going to people. So I just want us to really pay attention here. So Jesus knew that uh, this man was there. Okay, so he knew that it was Sabbath. He probably had some of his disciples with him. And so he goes, all right, I'm going to go do something. I'm going to basically poke the bear. I'm going to go stir up the hornet's nest. And, and I'm going to go, but he, there was all these other people that were there. So he didn't go to those people. He went directly to this man. And, and there were I, lots of other invalids. That's what you, Yeah, there yeah, was a yeah. lot of other people. There was a lot of sick people at the yeah, pool. Okay. There was a lot of people there. But Jesus deliberately went to this man. And I, I asked myself, well, Lord, why didn't you heal other people? Why did you only just go to this man? What was that all about? And, and, it, and what it registered in my heart is that God knows our hearts. Okay, so we can... If, if, if you're a child of God and God has showed up and came to you, he knows that your heart is saying, Lord, I want to serve you. I want to be yours. I want to surrender my life to you and follow you the rest of my life. And, and I believe that John 17, when Jesus in that prayer there, he said that I know those who are mine. I, I've, I have kept the ones that you have given me, Father. And, and so here's this guy. God knows him. He deliberately went to him. He deliberately spoke life to him. And he, and he offered him to have his sins forgiven and to be healed. And, um, and so I, I think that God asked us to do the same thing. I think there's people in our lives that are hurting and God puts somebody on your life and he's saying, Hey, that person is mine. I want you to deliberately go to them and speak life to them and pray for them. And sometimes you might have to pray for healing. You might have to pray, you know, speak life or something like that. But I really believe that God is showing us here that he has a purpose for all of us. And it's, and there's any, he, and he's going to come to you. And if he's come to you, you're chosen. I don't know how else to look at that. What's your thoughts on that? Now, I was just thinking, you know, how many times have we, you run into people, you see them more than once, and it's almost like God's putting them in your path. And we, we talk about this a lot. You know, we'll actually ask God to put people in our path today. And when it happens, and I, and I know you do this at the parks a lot, you, know, you see somebody more than one time, you're like, okay, that's not an accident. Always. Let, let, you know, we need to pray for that person. Always. Um, so maybe that's what Jesus is doing here. Um, I, I think it's part of it. He's kind of giving us an example of you know how we should we should live our lives but yeah you you talked about uh, being obedient and what did you mean by that well i was just thinking so maybe jesus was at this maybe he went there before 
Okay, we don't know. Maybe he was at, before he started the ministry, maybe he's down at the Pool of Bethesda and he's just sitting there. And maybe he's just praying. And maybe he's just asking the Father to reveal to him who he wants to speak. Mm. And, and so as he's sitting there and he's, and he's praying, then he goes away, but then he comes back. And so now it's time. So now the Father says, all right, I want you to go to this man because he's mine. And I want you to speak purposely to him. And so I think God does that to us. I think that we're put in position or put into situations that God will reveal to us what we're supposed to do. And I think we need to be obedient. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're like, Lord, I don't want to say that. I don't want to go there. But God presses it upon your heart. He says, I want to heal that person. And we're going to talk about the different ways that God heals us later. But he, he's, he specifically is telling you, I want you to be a part of what I am doing. Go and talk to those persons. Go and pray. Go and lay hands on them. Go and bless them. And, and I really believe that's kind of what's going on here. Thoughts? That, no, that's interesting because Jesus has, has definitely been to Jerusalem before. Yeah. He's probably been to this spot before. Yeah. And if this guy's been there every day for, for 38, 38 years, years yeah. Jesus has seen him before. I think so. He knows he's there. Yeah. In fact, when he was 12, right? He, we yeah. know he was in Jerusalem at least. And, yeah. you know, who knows how many other times he went there for festivals or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, in, I never thought about it that yeah. way. Jesus may have seen this guy, you know, a bunch of times and, you know, he, and maybe that's what he means. Do you want to get healed? Yeah. Are, are you done doing it your way? I don't know. That's crazy. But yeah, but I mean, that was, that was the, that's the crux of what I was seeing in that. And I just think that God is speaking to us and telling us to do the exact same thing. So wow. if it put, God puts it on your heart to do that, you have an obligation to be obedient as God and be purposeful. And if that means stirring up a hornet's nest, then you're going to stir up a hornet's nest. <laughs> I'm serious because there's certain situations that we might go into that might not be good. Yeah, you know, and God's telling us go and and speak and pray and and lay hands on this person and ask God to heal. So, all right, let's well, go on. This, the big picture. Let's go don't. in and talk about what you just said about yeah. verses three and four. Yes, and we, we five. mentioned this already. Verse yeah. three and four in the ESV version uh, that we just read has was removed much of uh, what was in the in the manuscripts. In the New King James version, it reads. And the in the NIV. So, I mean, no, wait. It's been removed in the ESV and the NIV, but in the New King James Version and the, and the NSAB, it has this. How about Go the on. King James? I didn't look. Yeah, the King James has it too. Yeah. Okay, so here's what's in those. It says, In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down, here's verse 4, For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water, was made well and what, of whatever disease he had. So the ESV removed waiting for the moving of the water in all of verse 4, um, which we just read. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after stirring the water was made well, whatever disease they had. Okay, so what happened is, so the New King James Version, I, I, I researched this, and I actually just got done doing a, a major study on all the manuscripts and how we got our Bible. But the Codex K is was was found in the ninth century, and that is where we got most of our Greek manuscript for the New Testament for the King James Version. Okay, since then we've found um, the Syriatic manuscripts, we found the Vatican manuscripts, some older manuscripts that were from the first, second, third century. So seven hundred years before. Yeah. Okay. And and what is what we found out is that uh, most of those there's only a few most manuscripts that we found before five hundred years after Christ um, did not have verse four in it, which was you know the the angel for an angel went down a certain time in the pool and they stirred up the water and whatever, so that was not in it. So. The modern manuscripts today, so NIV was the first to come out with it, and then the ESV and other ones picked up on it. They did not add it in. So what I believe happened is when you study a lot of the earlier manuscripts, they put notes on the side thing. And in the notes, they might have wrote, this is what was happening during this time. And I think one of the scribes took the note and they actually incorporated it in. And once it starts getting copied, it stays in. So that's how it got into our our text. So I would feel safe to say that verse four probably was not in the early manuscripts um, and that it was a scribe later that brought it in. Um, but if you don't study your Bible, you don't know that. You don't understand that. All right. So with that said, is this verse out of context with what the chapter is saying? That's no. the question you ask. It's not. It's not. 
So does it hurt it? No. No. Does it just help maybe explain a little bit what they thought maybe back then in that time? Well, and I think that's what happened here. Yeah. I, I think somebody was, like you said, it was a note or just got added. I think somebody's trying to explain what verse 7 means. Yeah. And that's why they put it in there. Yeah. Because if you just read verse 7 on its own, you're like, oh, what do you mean? I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. So without that, you're like, okay, why does he need to go in the water when the pool's... So verse 4 explains why. Yeah. So that's, to me, I, I think that's what happened. I think somebody was just explaining, and maybe the stories get passed on. I mean, you know, 2,000 years ago, and people that were there, you said that looks, you know, by seeing it, that was a common place. Everybody was there. So the yeah. people that may have read this in the first century would have understood that's what the guy was doing by the yeah. pool, where 2,000 years removed, we're like... Why is he laying by a pool? Well, that's why, because they yeah. believed there was an angel that stirred the water and boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there's no yeah. reason for a crippled man of 38 years to be there every day. No. Unless there was something that was happening that there. <laughs> so obviously... Or they believed something was They happening. had faith. Sure. They had faith that if they were to get into the pool, that they could be healed. And I think does faith does heal us. And I think that there were, were people that had enough faith that were healed and that God touched them or an angel or something and used it. I, we don't know. But something happened, and so they were they were believers, but maybe they weren't, you know, that's why I wonder, why did God not go to the rest of the cripples, but he went to this one guy? Maybe this guy's heart was prepared, and he was broken, and I think he was just at a part of his, he was a time in his life where he's saying, God, I'm done. I just want to, I don't know what to do. I just surrender all, and God probably saw that, hmm. and, and that's probably what it is. All right, let's go on to our next uh, statement, and we'll move on. Four. All right, the question is, why would anybody, especially a sick man... Oh, we kind of read this, didn't we? Especially a sick man remain in one place for so many years. Yeah, we kind of covered that already. Um, well, verse 7 makes no sense without the added scribal add-on. Yeah. So when it says, The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And why am I going to another step steps down before yeah. him? So obviously, in context, it doesn't matter if that was in there or not, but it does say here that the water was stirred up. And that is in the actual original manuscript. So we have to accept that as possible truth. All right, let's Got go it. on. Yeah. I think it's wisest first to just accept the fact that something extraordinary kept all those people with disabilities at the pool hoping yeah. for a cure. You I, kind I of mean, touched there's on no that, way but... of there's no way of looking at it other than yeah. that. Something happened. All right. I get it. All right. all right. John described these people as invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed. Jesus refer Jesus referencing in them in verse fourteen, that is what sin re yeah. <laughs> now I'm stumbling. Yeah. Verse 16, that it was sin that caused this upon their life. But this is one of the main reasons why he came to earth to right the wrongs, to restore hope. We see this as a prophecy being fulfilled from them. In Isaiah 35. Yeah, so, so basically I saw when I was reading this and we were looking through this, verse 14, so Jesus basically said, hey, th this is in reference to sin. So there was sin in this man's life. Something happened. And, and it just brought to life Isaiah 35, 3 through 6, because what was the main reason why Jesus came to the earth? It was, it was part of it is to heal the sick, but also to heal sin. Yes. And so it's, it says, strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearfully hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And so when I read that, and I was thinking about that, and meditating on that, and I was looking at this and saying, man... This is fulfilled. Jesus is making the blind man and the crippled man walk. But more importantly, he's healing him of his sin. And, and the question there again is, is, do you want to be healed? He asked him, do you want to be healed? So your thoughts on that? My thoughts are he didn't answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you were just talking about water and stuff. I, this brings me back to what we talked about a few shows ago in, in John 4. When Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and he's like, you know, the water that I have, you know, it's, you'll never thirst again. So I, I love how John keeps using, there's like a common theme kind of thread, threaded throughout the, the book of John here. Yeah. To go back with, with the, the living water and, and, and those analogies. Yeah. And again, it's, it's, you know, there's, you know, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this carefully, but there's, there's sin in our life. Some of us have blatant sin. Some of us 
are living in a lifestyle or we're doing things that are completely contrary to what is the very best for our lives. And there's probably some sort of sickness or there's something that's ailing. Maybe it's um, maybe there's something with your marriage that's messed up and there's a sickness in your marriage. Maybe there's a sickness in your body. Um, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's, it can even affect our family members. You know, there's certain like the sin that comes into the house, it affects everybody that's around. You know, maybe we've brought something into the house that we shouldn't have. Um, and, and maybe God is coming to you directly and he's saying, listen, if there's sin and you need to be healed, then you need to repent. As he said, he's asking you directly, do you want to be healed from whatever is ailing you right now? Whatever is, whatever you're battling that you know in your heart, there's sin. You know in your heart that that the there's this is a consequence to your choice, to your actions. And God is telling you right now that you can be forgiven of that. God is telling you right now that you can be healed of whatever that sin is, whatever's ailing you, whatever's hindering you from being closer to him. And so we're speaking to a lot of people. This is Jesus speaking to you right now. And he's looking at you as he looked at this crippled man. He says, I know there's sin in you, crippled man. I know that you're sinning you, whoever your listeners are, and I know that there's something that you've been dealing with for some time. It might be 30 years. You might have been, you might have been carrying this sin for 30 years, but Jesus is telling you right now that you can repent of that, that you can be healed of that, that God can restore you and make you whole. And, and I believe that that's what God's telling us right now. And so hear this, hear this you know, and, and, and listen to what he's saying, because I believe that God is wanting to heal somebody today. And Pete, go back to the question again. This is what really struck me, and I think we, I do this, I think we all do this. You know, Jesus asked a very direct question, do you want to be healed? And the man doesn't answer the question, he just comes up with excuses, right? He's like, no, I, I, you know, I have no one to put me in the pool. (laughs) He's like, plays the victim, right? I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. He didn't even answer the question, but what does Jesus do? He heals him anyway. Yeah. Well, I think that goes to the point where you're like, I think Jesus Jesus might have known his heart, right? Jesus knew his I, heart. I believe that, and I believe that our nation is in this situation. I believe right now that our nation is in sin, hmm. and I believe that there's a lot of people that are following a lot of the sin that's happening in our world, and and I believe that God is saying, listen, the reason why we have the chaos, the reason why we have the the cancer and the problems that are happening is because of sin. And, and, and God is asking us, all of us, do we want to be healed? So good. Remember Second Chronicles 7.14, if my yes. people who are called by my name would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and seek my face, then I will heal, hear from heaven and heal their land. Amen. And God is telling that to us. Yep. He's telling that to your family. I want to heal your land. I want to heal your family. I want to heal your, your family's family. I want to heal the nation. Just turn to me and let yourself be healed. And and you might be fighting it. And I think a lot of times God has been knocking at the door to a lot of people. And he's saying, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? And you're given every excuse like this crippled man. Yep. Well, I can't be healed because I have this. I can't be healed because I need this. I can't be healed because of that. Lord, help us. And God is just saying, let it go now. Yep. Just let yourself be healed. Let God touch you. Let him restore you. Let him bring hope back into a hopeless situation. Because he will, and he does. All right. So good. Yeah. Had the religious leaders known their own scripture, they would have recognized their Redeemer. Yeah. But they were spiritually blind. Yeah. That's crazy. Where are we at? Yeah. Um, Between statements seven and eight. Okay. That's great. Keep going. All right. Another keen insight, Jesus. (laughs) Another keen insight, Jesus did not heal all of them. He only healed one man. And uh, Pete talked about this earlier. In John 17, 6, Jesus said to the... To the Father, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of this world, or out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Yeah, and again, I'm telling you guys that God knows who he is, and for whatever reason, he wants to use you. And so if you're here today, and you're listening to this, and you're saying, God, I want to be healed, or whatever that is, that God's going to heal you. But more importantly, God wants to still use you. And God desires to pour his spirit into your life. And he desires for you to be his arms and his feet. 
And, and we have a duty as, um, as, as Christians, as followers of Christ, to go and to love and to be a healing to other people. I mean, there's so many people right now that are hurting, that they need a, a, a fresh life. They need light. They need a, a, a spoken word of encouragement. Um, they need to be healed. They need to be laid hands on. Um, there's so many people that God might put on your heart right now, and he's telling you, go to them. Go to them. And, and, and talk to that. All right, let's do statement 10 and yes. we'll move on there. Jesus healed the man with spoken word. In spite of him not really answering Jesus' yes or no question, he then commanded him to do what he could not do, pick up your mat and walk. That action by the man was the fulfillment of the power that God had given him. Wow. Without faith, we can't be healed. Well, we know that's true, right? Yeah. We, 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 Jesus even said that when he went back to Nazareth. He's like, he couldn't perform anything there because of the lack of faith. Yeah. So if this man, if God looked, see, that's what I'm saying. God knows your heart. And if you're, if you can't answer it, or maybe you're just, whatever's going on in your life right now, and you need a healing, whatever that healing is, and you need this, and, and God knows your heart, and he's looking at you, and he's saying, do you want to be healed? And if you're saying yes in your heart and you just can't answer, you don't know, God will heal you. God will touch you. God will meet you right where you're at. Amen. And we're going to get into some more in a few, in a little bit about the different types of healings. But just know that he's willing and he's able and he's right there right now listening and wanting to be available to you. That's cool. good, Pete. Yeah. Well, you talked about poking the bear. So let's yeah. get into that a little right, bit. Good. The miracle would not have caused a problem normally, but... <laughs> but because it was on the Sabbath, it did. Jesus knew this would happen, of course. He's God. He wanted the attention of the Jewish leaders. When we get to John 9, we will see that Jesus deliberately heals a blind man also on the Sabbath. Why was he wanting to pick a fight? I have, I have an answer. Yeah, go for it. Here's what my thought. I think it's to expose their dead religion. Mm. I think so. I think he always has a purpose. Yeah. And so it's, it's, you know, again, sometimes we don't understand it, but if we just surrender to it, we just know that he has a purpose. And you know, I think this is what drives me nuts. I hear people all the time, like, well, I'm not religious. I hate religion. I'm like, yeah, Jesus did too. Oh, yeah. He couldn't stand it. <laughs> right? Yeah. He went oh. out of his ways to expose it. Like, we're not talking yeah. about religion. Yeah. And I think that the way that we act, <sighs> I think that by when we show grace and mercy towards other people, we are demonstrating this new covenant. We're demonstrating the what God did. We expose religion when we act contrary to how religion acts. And so we are not, we don't get into the legalism. We don't get into the self-righteousness. Um, we, we put all of that away and we just love period. We don't pick yeah. up a stone. We talked about this last week. You know, we don't pick up a stone and just start casting at people. No, we look for opportunities to speak life. We look for opportunities to elevate. We look for opportunities to bless. And um, that's what Jesus did. And I think when we do that, we are exposing the corruption. And yep. so that's what's happening here. Jesus is saying, hey, I know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees think that it's wrong for me to heal on the Sabbath. They wrote that law because, I mean, let's just be honest. They wrote the law to kind of tell the people, hey, we need to be holy and we need to have a day of rest, okay? So uh, they started with good intentions. So their intentions were good, right. but then what they started doing is it became legalistic. Yep. The religion aspect was they started enforcing it. And Jesus had to tell them overall, over and over again, my father does not take a day off. My father is constantly at work and you are to be constantly at work. Yes, I want you to rest. Yes, I want you to have a day of rest. But more importantly, I want you to be about my father's business and I want you to love people and I want you to share with people and I want you to do things that bring my father glory. They missed that. Yeah. They started to, They started condemning. They started persecuting people. And that's completely opposite of what Jesus is trying to do here. He's trying to set people free. Amen. He wants you to be healed of your bondage. He wants you to be healed of all of that. And these these Pharisees and these Sadducees are saying, no, we need to add on more. You're crippled. Well, you can't do this and you can't do that. And Jesus is like, done with you. And so he just did it. And then, he, and then they wanted to kill him. And then, and then they yeah. wanted to kill him. Yeah. You wrote this uh, statement. I want to share it because I think it's really good. It says, the scribes focused on the religious laws more than having fellowship with the Father. This blinded them from seeing the wonderful deliverance of the man. I mean, think about that. Yeah, it's so good. There's, 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 religion sucks so much. Yeah, say that, say that to the people in the back in here. Right. It just, religion sucks. It's, it, we cannot, I hate it. 
It does nothing good. It, it, it just brings bondage and burdens and weight and pressure and all of that. And Jesus says, I want to take that all away from you. You do not have to carry that. And, and we lose sight on all that he wants to do because we get so caught up into this man-made laws. We get so caught up into this religiosity that, oh, I can't believe you have long hair, or I can't believe you're dressed like that, or I can't believe you're saying that. How dare you do that? And, and we just judge, 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 judge. Uh, oh, I'm a fruit inspector. No, you're just a condemner. <laughs> I'm a fruit inspector. You're not seeing people the way Jesus sees them. He loves people. He died for them. Amen. He knows they're screwed up. He knows that we're all messed up. And he still went out of his way to sacrifice his life for the greater good of all of mankind. So good. Yeah. The Bible does not say if this man became a follower of Jesus, Pete. In fact, he didn't even know who Jesus was until later. Remember? Because he was taught the, the yeah. Jews, the Jews were That's asking crazy. him. He's like, I don't know. It does seem strange that John does not show that this man sought a closer relationship with Jesus, but could he have left this out to show us that there are many that have been healed by Jesus that are not seeking a closer relationship with wow. him? I mean, mm. think about it. I mean, that is a question. I was just, I was just thinking there was a, I had a healing quote here I wanted to read. Um, Kay Arthur, if uh, she said, um, she's a writer, she said, Kay Arthur, she said, if sheep do not have the constant care of a shepherd, they will go the wrong way, unaware of the dangers at hand. They have been known to nibble themselves right off the side of a mountain. And so, because sheep are sheep, they need shepherds to care for them. The welfare of the sheep depends solely upon the care they get from the shepherd. Therefore, the better the shepherd, the healthier the sheep. Wow. And when I read that, I thought about this. It's that Jesus is the great shepherd, and he is perfect, mm. right? And we are sheep, and we are dumb, and, and we do make decisions. We do sin. We do fall short. We do have ailments. We do have shortcomings. And, and if we continue to live our life and continue to try to do it our way, like this crippled man did, we might just fall off the cliff and be, be at the point of no return. And, and, and if we're there, we need to stop. We just come to the, to the shepherd and say, God, heal me right. and touch me. So good. And so, I mean, I, I see that and I, and I just don't want religion to, to make us think that we can work our way to get, it, get help. There's not, you can't get right and then you have God bless you. you. You could just be where you're at, screwed up, and God will, God will restore you right where you're at. You just got to get to your knees. You mm. just got to say, I'm healed. And so let me just, let me do this. So there's five things Jesus can heal today. And, and these are in my notes, Bob, but just, there's five things. One thing that he can heal, you might be lonely. There might, there, you might be, you might be in a, you know, maybe a divorced or separated. Um, maybe you're just single and you're looking for love or you're just not sure. Maybe you're just lonely. Maybe you're a leader. Maybe you're at the top of the, the leaderboard and, and it's hard to have friends. It's hard to have that. Maybe you're lonely and, and you just know that Jesus can heal your loneliness today. He can, God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Isaiah 41 10 says, God is with us. That word there is Emmanuel. God is always with you. And, and you can just cry out to him. And I'm telling you, I've had times and moments of loneliness in my own life, and I found myself worshiping more. I found myself just, just crying out to him. And, I just, and, I, and it's just a sweet sign of fellowship when we just worship him. And then another reason why sometimes we're lonely is because of our pride. Sometimes we just need to let go of the pride and just go engage with other people. Sometimes when there's, God is telling us to, to get out of our comfort zone. And, and we're just so shut up and we're so self-protected. That's the reason why we're lonely. And God wants to heal you of that. Bob, any thoughts to the loneliness? And I'll go to the next point. No, I, I'm thinking about something. Remind me to go back to uh, the shepherd thing. But finish up, finish up what you're talking about Well, first. you go ahead. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, then we'll get into it. Well, so here's what I was just thinking. Uh, and it's one of the most popular Psalms, I think, is Psalm 23. But if you read Psalm 23 in that mindset of, we are sheep, and he is the shepherd. Get in that mindset and then read that song. Yeah. It's powerful. It changes the whole perspective. It's powerful. Yeah. So, so anyway, sorry. No, that's really good. All right, so with that, if you're lonely, go to Psalms 23 and look at Jesus yeah, right? as your shepherd. That's it. That just leads into it. All right, so the next part is if you're listening to this, maybe you are really sick. 
Maybe there's something that, uh, a sin that is in your life that you need to confess. So, um, you know, Paul talked about a thorn in the flesh and that was a messenger of Satan that was, that was sent to him, not as a, a curse, but it was sent to him as a blessing because he had a weakness and he was able to spend time with Jesus. And I believe Paul battled pride. I believe he was a prideful man. I believe he battled that. And I believe that he battled this religiosity, this, because he came from that background and he Makes had sense. all of this and this, you know, had all this knowledge and all these things. And God gave him something that, that helped keep him in line. But there's some things that we are doing that is not of God. And there's some sins that are causing us to be uh, sick. They're, it's causing us to be mentally not right. It's causing our marriage not to be in flow. I mean, there's, 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 a, there's chaos in our relationships. We, we don't have the anointing in our Bible studies. We, we, don't have, uh, you know, we don't have the flow of the Spirit like it should be flowing. And it's because it's sin. And if that's you, I'm telling you, God wants to heal you of that yeah. today. He can restore you now. We talked about it earlier, but that's it. So the first one is loneliness and sickness from sin. Any thoughts on that part, Bob? Next part? Go next one. All right. Next one is the obvious. God wants to heal you of your ailments. And, and there's of your what? Ailments. Ailments. Did I say ailments? Ailments? I, I just didn't yeah. understand you. Ailments. I thought your you sickness. Ele- your infirmities. <laughs> Um, ailments i got it there's i I mean i here's how i look at it god god's perfect will will be done okay i know for a fact god heals us physically i know that i've seen it i've experienced it and many of our listeners today have experienced god's healing touch upon our lives maybe on our family's lives and so god wants us to be praying for that healing healing but there are times that god sees that in our ailments he uses it for his glory and i've had a lot of conversations with people that have died of cancer that that have said that they were witnessing to all the people in their thing and that god brought them peace and that they went you know with joy there's no way they did not have faith they had faith i know for a fact they had faith they had more faith than most christians and they still died and it was just their time but God can restore. God can bring comfort to your healing. God can bring peace in your in your in your life. Whatever you're going through, God will touch you. So that's something. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah, I just think God can. We God sees the big picture. He he's he sees it all. We only see this little tiny slice of of reality. It's usually focused on ourselves, right? So because somebody may die you use the example of dying of cancer we don't know what god used you know in that circumstance and how many people he brought to him because of that circumstance yeah. and again he has an eternal perspective our perspective is oft, often just a little tiny sliver of time so in the midst of our pain god brings compassion and comfort in the midst of our pain he can bring peace in the midst of our pain he can bring joy and in in philippians tells us and john tells us i mean james tells us that when you're facing these trials rejoice and find yourself rejoicing find yourself praising him even in the spite that you can't see it you can't feel it just worship him consider it pure joy it is and so it's it's it these are those times where you really need to say god heal me and it might not be the physical healing or it might be but he will restore you he will bring you through it. He will help you in your mental, in your in in their comfort, in that. Just rejoice and and give him that. All right. The next one is he heals emotional wounds. I mean, there's this is this talks to every one of us. There's there's self protection in mo- a lot of our lives. There's things that people have said and done that have caused wounds. Our spouses cause wounds all the time. There's friends that have caused wounds. There's people that have stabbed you in the back. There's things that you're like, I'll never do that again. And we put up these walls and we have these wounds. And and God wants to free you of that. It does not do you any good to hold on to those wounds. God wants to deliver you. God wants to use your scars for his glory. He wants to deliver you from that. It says, um, no stranger to, uh, to anguish and wounds. Jesus can handle your lowest and darkest emotions. Through prayer and faith, we have access to freedom, wisdom, and deliverance. Peter tells us to cast all of our anxiety and our cares unto him. He tells us to meditate on his promises. 
And so if there's things that you don't trust people or you, whatever, you need to trust Jesus. You need to trust that he will never leave you nor forsake you. You need to trust that he will deliver you from any unrighteousness and that he will set you free from whatever is bondage, whatever is causing you to, to, to be in this. And don't trust man. That's the other thing. Just stop. Right. We, I mean, yes, be, be wise and put yourself in a, in a right position, but don't put your trust in man. Know that God loves you. Know that God wants to restore you. He wants to heal you. He's asking you right now, do you want to be healed? And if you're saying in your heart, yes, then let him heal you. Surrender to him right now. And then the last one I have here is Jesus heals hopelessness. And uh, a lot of people are feeling isolated, wounded, ashamed, and they just feel hopeless. I mean, how many times have you... You've heard people say, I'm, I'm too messed up for God to even, mm. you know, do restore me. I've done, you know how much I've done wrong. And, uh, there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of people that, that are in the church that are here and they're just feeling hopeless. And I was just listening to a, uh, a Christian artist. Um, I forget his name. Maybe Christine can help me yesterday. He was just saying that he was doing all this worship and he was doing all this singing. And then he realized that he was an alcoholic. And um, he just got to the point, he just kept drinking and drinking and here he is doing this worship and here he is doing all this stuff. And he just got to the end of himself. He just said, I just felt hopeless. I just, I just felt like I was the biggest hypocrite. I was the biggest failure ever. And, and I can't keep going on. And he needed help. And he had, he, he told a story about, you know, he had like 24 family members that came to him and they all sat him down and they just all started telling him how much they love him and, and all that. But he needed to get help because he was going to die the way he was doing it. They knew the truth. And he had to, he had to confess that sin and he had to let his whole audience and whole world know about what he did. But more than anything else, he had to let God heal his wounds. He, had, he, he was hopeless, but he had to say, God, I want to be healed. Hmm. And when he wanted to be healed, God was able to uh, store him. I think it was Russ Taft, I think, an old, old-time guy, um, was the guy. So anyway, any last thoughts on yeah, that just, part? I, I think it's one of the favorite lies of Satan, right? It's like, well, you're not good enough. You know, he, doesn't, he doesn't need you to worship him. He just doesn't want you to connect with God. And he'll, he'll use those lies. And it's, it's, it goes back again. I love these illustrations that John has used. He takes us to the woman at the well who just, she's, you know, probably a prostitute. She's, you know, lived a sinful life. She's doesn't believe she's too far gone to, to be, you know, to be loved by God. And, uh, you know, so I think that's why he uses examples like that. And then in the next chapter, he uses Nicodemus, who is the religious of religious, right? He does everything by the book. He does all the rules. He follows all the rules, but he has, he still doesn't get it. He doesn't have a relationship with God. So there's both ends. There's both extremes there. And I think that's very deliberate how John, through the Holy Spirit, put this for us, that we could see that we all, none of us, are the woman at the well, although I think a lot of us are more, we're closer to the woman at the well than we are to Nicodemus. And, uh, but we all fall somewhere in between those. And I I think that's why that example is there. So Mm, good. Really good. That's good. All right. Let's turn our attention to John, uh, finish up with 16 and 18. Yep. And, um, you know, again, so this goes back, let's put it in context. Jesus poked the bear. He he stirred (laughs) it up, but he was obedient to the Lord. Okay, so he was obedient to God, and he went and he healed this man, and he knew what was going to come, right. but he was obedient. So let's read. So I'll even back up to 15, just to All give right. you, so you know where we're at. The All man right. went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. 16, and this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. They didn't like that. No, and I and I love that he did it. You know, it's uh, he knew what he was doing, and the Jewish people instantly understood he claim his claim. And they changed their accusation from Sabbath breaker to the most serious crime of blasphemy. Blasphemy, saying and, he's God. Yeah, this is this is the beginning of the persecution of Jesus until his death. You know, I, I read this statement by British uh, British writer George George MacDonald. He pointed out, he said that John five seventeen gives us a profound insight into our Lord's miracles. Jesus did instantly what the Father is always doing slowly. For example, in nature, as mentioned earlier, the Father slowly turning water into wine, but Jesus did it instantly. 
Through the powers in nature, the Father is healing broken bodies, but Jesus healed them immediately. Nature is repeatedly multiplying bread, but for sowing to the harvest. But Jesus multiplied it instantly in his own hands. Wow. And, and, I, and I really believe that God is always at work. There's, the Father is doing stuff behind the scenes, and he's asking you and I to be a part of what he's going to do. And he's already setting it up, and he's just asking us to be a part of that. And that's what Jesus did here. He knew that there was consequences to it, but he also knew that, hey, my father's work needs to be done, and I'm a part of that, and that's what he was doing. So when the Jewish leaders confronted Jesus with his unlawful conduct, he simply replied that he was doing only what his father was doing. Jesus constantly told us, have eyes to see and ears to hear. Get up in the morning, give him praise, give him worship and say, God, my father, I am here. I am your servant. I will go where you go today. I will stay where you stay and I will adjust my life so that you were glorified. And that's what God is asking of us. And regardless of the day, um, God has been seeking lost sinners and saving them. But when Jesus said, my father, instead of the unusual, our father used by the Jews, he was claiming to be equal with God. And so we have to accept that he is God. And, and the Bible tells us specifically that he is the CEO of our life. And I said this to you before. We have to, in our brains, understand that he is in, he's in charge of our business, our, our workplace. He's in charge of our marriage. He's in charge of our relationships. He's in charge of our church. God is the one that we are to seek first. God is the one that we are to report into every day and say, God, what is it that you desire for me to do? And, and I think too often we're just saying, God, do this, God, do this, God, do that. And Jesus is saying, no, I just want you to worship me. Ask me what it is you want me to do. And I'm going to tell you, go and glorify my Lord. Go and glorify my name. Go and bless other people. Go and sacrifice your time for the greater good of other people. Go heal the sick. Go out of your way to, to kick over a hoarder's nest by doing good <laughs> and bringing the kingdom of God to a hot situation because I, because I asked you to do it be obedient in that any thoughts last thought no that's good stuff pete what if what if somebody stumbled onto the podcast today and they're they they hear hear us talking about this jesus and being being god and relationships and what what would they do what would you tell that person (laughs) i would tell them to accept his invitation to be healed i would say listen if you are struggling right now and your body, and your mind, and your heart, and your life is in pain, and you're just struggling, I just know that Jesus will ask you specifically, do you want to be healed? And you have to answer that. You have to say, yes, I want to be healed. And if you do, God then will say to you, all right, come unto me. What I want from you right now is I want you to humble yourself. I want you to ask for forgiveness. I want you to repent of your sins. I want you to turn from whatever you were doing that was not the very best way, and I want you to follow me. I want you to fall on your face before me, and I want you to worship me. I want you to praise my name. I want you to surrender your life to me, and I want you to learn to be in my word and learn who I am. The more that we know Jesus, the more that we spend time with him, the more that we can understand what he wants and desires for us. And that's what Jesus would say. And you could just do that right now. You can just close your eyes and say, God, forgive me. Help me, oh God. Lord, restore my my soul, Lord. Restore my life back to what is right. Lord, heal my body. Heal my emotions. Heal my loneliness. Heal the every flaw that I have, God. May you restore that unto me. May you bring me hope. May you bring me life. May you bring me freedom, God. And Lord, I, I just pray this from the bottom of my heart that you would just touch my body now. Restore my marriage now. Restore my friendships now. Restore my relationships with my kids now. Restore my relationship with my friends and my coworkers and my boss now. Lord, help me be free from whatever that was the sickness that was causing this separation from you before. Lord, help me in Jesus' name. Amen. And I know that if you cried that out in your heart and you prayed this, that, that God in heaven heard you. And I pray that he would just enter right now. And I pray that you would sense his presence. I pray that there would be brokenness. And, and more than anything else, go tell somebody about it. 
and and go share this truth with with your friend share this truth with your family member share this truth with us let us know lord we would we would love to be a part of what god's doing in your life we would love to connect you if you need with the church or we connect you with any questions that you might have we are here for you and and we'll do and spend as much time as we need to help get you through whatever that you're going through and so, Bob, how could they how could they find us, or what would you suggest? And we got lots of ways, Pete, to reach out to us. We can go to our, our website, riotpodcast.co. You, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can comment uh, right below in the comments section, and uh, we'll answer you from from there. And uh, if you're listening to a podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, doesn't matter. You just jump, you know what? Jump onto our Facebook page and uh, kind of jump into the discussions there. And I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Wish Pete a happy birthday in the comments on Facebook, or if you're watching us on YouTube, do it in the comments there. Don't forget, always press that like button, hit the subscribe button so you're notified every Thursday when the new episode gets released, and uh, share it with a friend. Would you do that? Mm. Would you do that? Pete, I'm going to read Psalm 23. Go for it. Lord, put it on my heart. I got to read it. So here it is. This, again, think of this, if, if... Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Think of it in this perspective. You are a sheep and he is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen. Guys, have an amazing week. We love you. Thank you for listening. Share it with a friend. Happy birthday, Pete. Hey, thank you. And you know what? There, people, someone wants someone will be healed if they listen to this. I really believe that. And if you if you're listening to this, share this with someone that you know needs this. Yes. And and the Lord told me to tell you that may the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you, and uh, may He just keep you close this week in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Amen. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.